0: Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. and welcome to another episode of Refractive Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny G. Before we kick off the episode today, I want to say thank you to so many of you out there because in the recent weeks and months, I've started to chart in some new countries. And so I want to say hello to some listeners that are from India and Russia and Costa Rica and Australia uh, and South Africa I've reached the top 25 in the spirituality category for all of those countries and i just want to welcome you and uh just appreciate your time and with that let's move on to the episode today you know becca ribbing is my guest and she's the author of the clarity journal she's been a coach for over a decade and she's on a personal mission to help people break out of the cycles of uncertainty and the cycles of struggle that hold them back and you guys all know that this is what we talk about on this show Becca gently helps her readers get unstuck and start moving forward. She empowers them to embrace their strengths and let go of the negative self-talk that gets in the way. This helps them start moving with some real momentum in life. So with that, um, Becca, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us on Refractive.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this one.
0: Same here. And, you know, I was thinking about our topic, you know, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about um. Is your job or is your career actually working for you? And um, you know, it doesn't start out that way. Uh, I remember when I first started my career, my first ever career. I was super excited about it, even though it's a job that I never wanted. Um, I never saw for myself, but I was excited to get out there and start uh, putting down some uh, some roots and building a career. And it's graduation time right now. Uh, it's it's late May, and I have a nephew. He just graduated with a full scholarship to a four-year university. I'm like, wow, like that's such a huge accomplishment. And I realized this kid, hey, Connor, if you're listening, how you doing, buddy? Um, this kid has to make a decision now about what he wants to do for the rest of his life. He needs to declare a major and start laying down tracks for a career. And it's like, how is that fair? Like, how is that reasonable? I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because it feels like so many of us get trapped in a career that doesn't feel authentic, but it's because it's what we've done, it's what we knew, it's what we did, and uh, it's where we are today.
1: You know, I think that sometimes we still get a little stuck in the 1950s like if you think about like how much has changed in careers we we all know we're going to change careers we no one go, no one who is 18 right now is going into it like i'm going to have the same job from the time I'm 22 to the time I'm 65, and then I'm going to retire. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because one of the, my formative, formative memories was sitting in the car with my grandfather. He had picked me up from a friend's house. It was summer, I was visiting him in Chicago. And, I don't know whether you've ever spent summers in Chicago. You think of Chicago as being really cold, but summers are hot and muggy. And I am pretty sure he was also quite cheap. So I'm pretty sure there was no air conditioning in this car. I just remember it being like oppressively hot and humid. And I'm in the car and like bubbly, like 10, 11, 12 year old. Like, hey, how was your day? And he was like, oh, like he started kind of complaining about work, which was not normally his MO. He was usually a pretty upbeat person. And I was like, well, if you hate it so much, why don't you get another job? And he was like, kid, that's not how it works. I've been doing this job since I was like in my twenties and I've moved up the ladder and I'm going to be here for another, like I don't know, seven years and then I'm gonna retire. And I think that that paradigm Pretty much anyone listening to this has totally decided that, that wasn't going to work for them, as I did when I was 11 and talking to them. However, when we talk about life purpose, I feel like it also stresses people out. We, hit, we go back into that 1950s mentality of, I need to pick something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it's really hard when you're talking about college, though, because what you choose is really in, like it's informative it's transformative if you pick something I mean I don't know you pick ceramic arts and then you decide that you want to go be a writer there might not be that much overlap but on the other hand I think that we we need to be gentle with ourselves especially like our 18 year old selves um it's okay to pick something that you really like right now, and you're going to end up refining it. Everyone is refining it. You may end up, if you are listening to this as a recent graduate, everyone's always refining it. If you look at the grown-ups in your life, if you look at even 50, 60 year olds, I get people who contact me in their late fifties. I need a change. What do I want to do? And I think that it's much easier to take this in chunks like i usually tell people that are out of school like three to five year chunks what do you want to do but don't put the pressure of what am i going to be doing in 35 years because you literally don't even know and one of the things that so illustrated this point it was really funny i was you know on the internet and i saw one of the i saw this meme it was a picture of a job description i don't know whether this job description was right or like true real or wrong But it was social media manager must have 20 years experience.
0: Right. And (laughs) I
1: saw that. Go for it. (laughs) It's like, well, I was my space relevant to what you're doing as a social media manager right now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. That's the thing, right? It's like what what, I don't know. It just it feels you you're right. I think gentleness is is key here because we have to make a move. Well, I mean, we don't have to make a move, right? If we want to talk about, you know, on the spiritual level, like we don't really have to make a move, right? But uh, we're most likely going to make a move. And that move is going to have an impact on our moves tomorrow. And um, yeah, I mean, the good news is, Becca, I mean, like, I'm sure as you know, that there are a lot of college majors that well, for instance, I was an HR director and, and it didn't matter what your degree was in, right? If we had leadership roles that required a degree, uh, I think the exact wording was um, must have a four-year degree in uh, a related field. And like related field is, I mean, it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's fake news. That's a fake term. It doesn't make sense. And so, uh, you know, I mean, unless we're talking about med school, or unless we're talking about something really specific, like, you know, acting and fine arts, then, I mean, a lot of it will kind of move over, but I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like a heavy burden for kids today, but do you think it's a heavy burden?
1: I think that the med school example is actually a really good one because med school is not college, you know? And I think that I haven't had this experience too many, too much with doctors. I've only ever met one person that went to med school and then decided not to be a doctor. Lawyers, on the other hand, I get called by lawyers very often. And what ends up happening is in my discovery call, I'm like, okay, we can definitely move you. I can't get you $170,000 a year right off the bat. We can work back up to this. But like, no, you're not gonna like go... A lot of times they want to go into politics, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna be able to get you that high. I mean, I might, but you'd have to really know a lot of people. <laughs> like, I can't get you that job. And, but the people that I know that are actually happy as lawyers, all of them were in the legal field before they went to law school. And so I think that doctor, lawyer, all of these things, you actually can gain life experience in that field before you go and spend $200,000, $400,000 on a degree. And I think it's a really important point because it just shows this is all a continuum. Like it's a, it's, I kind of view it as more like a river, you know, you can course correct. I am the master at helping people (laughs) rewrite their resumes to make you know, someone who had been a scientist into it, like to change it because they just got their MBA. But those are course corrections. And it doesn't mean that it was a failure. You decided to do the first thing because you were interested in it. And all of this is informing who you are. However, if you're going to make a big decision, like go to law school, go get a master's degree, go get a PhD. That's the point at which I'm like, you really need to make sure you're doing your due diligence because life experience is so important for all of these decisions. And I think that sometimes we dismiss the fact that our own inner voice can't necessarily filter through the information that it's being given without that life experience. Yes. Like what you end up doing is taking other people's voices and trying to decide, but you're deciding based off other people's voices, not your experience.
0: Yes. 100%. Like I'm just bursting at the seams with enthusiasm over what you're saying. This is exactly the case for me, right? This is, uh, it's that, um, and, and, and I'm talking to you adults. I'm not just talking to, you know, high school students right now. It's that how many of us have built a life around what our society structures have said is desirable. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm young and I don't have that strong independent inner voice guiding me, then yeah, I say, okay, well, yeah, well, it, it works for all these people. So it looks like it's a safe bet. I guess I'm gonna go do that. And I wake up and this is why we have midlife crisis, right? Because like we wake up and we're like, the only thing I've ever done is xyz and i feel like i'm dead inside and my kid is 12 and is expensive and i can't just quit and lose $35,000, $40,000 35 dollars $40,000 a year to go start a new career from, you know, mid-level. I can't do that. There are people depending on me. It's not fair to them to have to adjust their entire lifestyle so that I can go get my kicks in a career that I prefer. And so I'm just going to keep going, grit my teeth and go through it. And that is, that's an unfortunate way to live. And it's a realistic oh, way to live.
1: And it, but it's tough toxic. I mean, it yes. is literally toxic to your body. I do have this happen quite often where I will get someone who's, you know, in their fifties and really they didn't feel like they had permission to do it until their kids left the house.
0: Yes. yes. That's
1: not a good example to the kids. No. I mean, and, and as long as you're still being able to feed them, like literally your job is to keep them alive, keep them happy, healthy. The latest like Nintendo system isn't what's going to keep them no. happy and healthy.
0: No. And and you know, the same thing about you don't need to pay for their college, right? There's this, there's this mythology that that we're like, okay, well, I gotta be able to send my kids to college. Well, hell, nobody sent me to college, right? Like, I mean, I paid for my own college. And and, and if I looking through 2020 hindsight, had to say, would I have preferred to have parents who work like crazy and depleted all their inner resources in a job so that they could pay for my school and then came home and were miserable at home? Or uh, would I prefer to have parents who were maybe fulfilled by their life and couldn't offer me all of that? Yeah, maybe if I was a kid, I'd be like, no, mom, you gotta pay for my college. But like me now looking back at 41 years old, I'm like, I would have much, I would prefer the other. I would prefer my parents to like work a basic job that made them feel good, rather than a high paying job that secured me some comforts.
1: Right. Well, in college is also, I mean, I think we do get very hung up on perceptions, like you, if you get in, like, definitely go to the school that you get, that's like the highest level school, don't even think about the money, like, and it's like, well, no, that's not necessarily what's going to make you happy. That's not even necessarily what's going to make the kid happy for the next four years. I, I think that we really, I mean, I'm going to put a tinfoil hat on it for a second, but I feel like it's a little bit of a conspiracy of like, you know, we live in such a consumeristic culture and we've made college a consumer item. Yes. And really all that kid needs is to have good friends and really interesting teachers. There are really interesting teachers everywhere.
0: (sighs) So let's talk then about the workplace. Um, When we think about is my job, is my career working for me? How do you approach this when you have a client that feels kind of boxed in, in something that doesn't fit anymore?
1: You know, So often when I work with a client, the very first thing we do is work on permission giving. Like, and that's probably a big reason why people end up hiring me is because what they need is that permission to put themselves first, that permission to explore and be creative again, because the people that love them want them to stay safe and staying safe is almost always staying small. And So we really work on like what their strengths are, what they bring to the table. It's so funny because one of the first things I do is really just gather story. Like I ask them a ton of questions and as they're talking about their career and things that they like and don't like at work and stuff, I start figuring out what their strengths are. And I'll say, Hey, do you realize that organization is really a strength of yours? Or do you realize, and I'm usually a little more specific. It's sometimes hard for me to come up with like very pinpointed specific ones when I'm talking generically, but I'll come up with something that's very specific and they'll always pause and be like, Oh, but it just comes naturally to me. Like it's, it's easy. Like, why is that a strength? I don't value it because that's easy. Well, then you start talking and it's like, obviously obvious for most of them that it's annoyed them that not everyone else does it it's like well it's a strength of yours it's not a strength of everyone else's this is something that you enjoy doing comes naturally to you like how can we bring this into other jobs it doesn't even necessarily mean that you have to get another job it just means you need to reshift your thinking so you orient towards your strengths and this also goes back to our school conversation because who says everyone needs to get an a in math like really, as long as you've got the basics, I mean, there is a level of math fluency that is really important in adult life. That level of math fluency is not calculus. No,
0: it's low. It's low. like it's It's like how many many bell peppers per pound can I get for four dollars like that's like that's all I need to know
1: (laughs) it's really probably like the first half of geometry and algebra one
0: yeah yeah, there you go
1: (laughs) and so like maybe not even all of algebra one (laughs) so I feel like it's really important to recognize that you're you don't have to have every strength what you have what really helps you be a happy, sustainable human is to really know your strengths, value them and make sure other people are valuing them too. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes, ties into that question of like, how do you know whether your job's working for you? Well, one of the big ways whether you know whether your job's working well for you is, is it using your strengths and are they valuing those strengths? Like I remember, and the strengths that you love, I remember I was in one job And because I knew how to fix computer problems, like by turning the computer on and off, the the boss decided that he wanted me to go take all of these computer classes in SQL, Mm -hmm. which is like a really big database program. Like just because I can turn on and off a computer and like fix the sixty year old's problem, I can fix a printer doesn't mean I like, and I could do database management. I don't want to that's not what I studied in school this is absolutely nothing to do with what I want and yes I could spend you know the next 6 months of my life really like studying and yeah. gaining mastery but it's not what I want to gain mastery in right. and I think that that we've run into stuff like that maybe not such extreme examples but stuff like that at work and mm-hmm. we all like creative challenges but we like creative challenges that we're getting to choose yes And I think we stay in jobs too long. Like Mm. school hasn't, because we're so used to the school system, you go, you have the same teacher for a year, and then you get another teacher for another year. I, I hear a lot of people who come to me and they are mad that they haven't gotten a promotion, that they haven't been moved in their company. I mean, I'm sure if you were in HR, you have people complaining about this all the time to you probably. And it's like, okay, but it doesn't work for that company. And that is not the only company out there. And so if they are not moving on your timeline, don't be mad at them. Just take back control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, it, it feels like, you know, one of the things that, that has made a difference in my life and I, I try to help clients with it if it feels natural for them, if, if, if it res- they resonate with it, is to really start to um, listen to your intuition. And it takes so much courage to do what intuition tells you to do because intuition often is not aligned with societal expectations. And so you have a situation where intuition says, oh, well, I want to be an actor or like, I want to go, I want to open a ceramic studio and everyone around you goes, no, 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 no. That's bad. Like just do business. You'll be okay. Like just get a business degree, you know? And it's, it's, it's the thing is that when I was in high school, Becca, like I wanted to go to college for acting. Okay. Like, I even like I wrote this thing in the yearbook, like I'm going to NYU and I'm going to study acting. And no, I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. I went to the school and studied what I studied because it's what made sense to everybody around me. And the thing is that um, I got to tell you, if I would have just followed that path of going to be an actor, I don't know if I would have made it or not. Chances are I wouldn't have made it as an actor. I don't know. But the fact is like, I would have been doing something that felt powerful for me. And I, I just think that there's such an opportunity for us to listen to the signals we get from our most loving self, right? It requires discernment. Is this about my ego or is this about my true wisdom? And then it requires courage to say, I hear you. I understand. I'm going against the grain, and that's what I need to do.
1: Well, and I think acting is a really good example because, sure, maybe you wouldn't have become, you know, the next—I don't even know. I'm really bad at names, (laughs) but um, but what other you would have been opened well, but maybe you would have become a really great voice coach, or maybe you would have been a voice actor, or maybe you would have been, and I think this is the thing that so many people don't even recognize, is there are so many jobs. Los Angeles, a the like a major part of our economy is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is one of our biggest exports. I, I majored in foreign economic policy, so... <laughs> And I think that we, uh, I think like the average adult, like I get so many people telling me, oh, my kid wants to be a video game designer, but that's super competitive. I'm like, that's not that competitive. I mean, it is competitive. They're gonna have to really work, but it's not like so competitive that people don't succeed in it. Like there's, do you know how many video games we produce in this country? Like, or in a lot of countries. I mean, it's not just us. And I feel like, so when I was in Seattle, I used to run a resume writing meetup group because I love helping people that aren't getting a job a lot of times people aren't getting the job just because they are not describing themselves well. Mm -hmm. And they aren't resonating with the people that they need to resonate with. So, you know, it was my kind of volunteer thing. Twice a month, I would go and just help anyone who showed up at a Starbucks write their resumes. (laughs) It was also really awesome because I got to know a lot of different industries more in depth. Mm -hmm. And so there's this musician that comes and he was musician you know starving musician like he did the going on um you know going out late at night and doing um sets but he also his daytime job was like sound branding I was like, what's a sound brander? Right. Well, a sound brander is someone who goes in and say, Starbucks is a great example. You know, like they have all, they've got a huge Spotify list. They've got like commercials. They've got all these, they, someone needs to go in and make sure all of the soundscapes that they have all sound like Starbucks. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a job. I'm a career coach. I did not know this was a job. Well, a lot of the things that, like a lot of different of the like kind of more creative paths have those jobs and maybe you'd be happier doing that you're still loving music and that gets a little dicey because I'm not sure whether you're going to really want to be a sound brander for
0: some boring right. company. But it's a good example. <laughs> but it's a good example that you know if you follow uh, you know how many more episodes am I going to mention this in? But from mm-hmm. The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, my mm-hmm. favorite line of the book is when you follow your personal when you pursue your personal legend, the entire universe conspires in your favor. And you know it, that's what it, that's a great example. That okay, you love music, go do music, and, and doors will open for you. You'll be fine. Like you'll be okay. You may not have the life that looks like your uncle Tom, or you know, or your aunt Jill, or whatever. You may not look like that, right? You may not have the big McMansion out in the suburbs. That might not be your path, but you might be doing what set your soul on fire, you know. And that's worth a lot.
1: Well, but it's only worth a lot if you can also let go of the fear everyone else is stewing up around you. And I go back and forth about whether I actually believe in law of attraction, but Mm -hmm. I do believe that it is, if you are listening to all the fear around you, then maybe you're not allowing yourself to dive in as much as another person because you're you're subconsciously holding on to the excuse. Yeah. And so maybe you wouldn't find the sound branding job or voice acting or whatever it is. So you still have to be able to throw yourself into it without spending too much time worrying about what society says, and really spend a lot of time figuring out who is successful and who is successful in a variety of ways. Like not just looking at the people, like the Keanu Reeves and the people that are like really have hit their peak. Like, look at the people that are under that layer of success. What are they doing? How are they doing it? And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we also really focus too much on
0: whoever's reached the peak
1: of what we're doing. And it's like, but you need the steps. You need to know what the next three steps are.
0: So you mentioned as we kind of, um, as we kind of, or on the downslope of the episode, you mentioned mm-hmm. that one of the things that you have clients do is make a list of their strengths and what they enjoy. What are some other things that you'd recommend listeners do if they know they just have the gut feeling that their career doesn't work for them anymore? They wanna make a change, but it's so overwhelming. What do you suggest?
1: Well, this is why I wrote the Clarity Journal. So yeah, <laughs> it feels oh, like me. a natural plug, yes, but yes. um But I think the reason why I wrote the clarity journal was because I was in my own moment of kind of waffling back and forth about what I wanted to do. I had been a coach for a really long time. And however, I had also had this period of time where I was, you know, just trying to get through it. I had a hip injury. I moved cross country in the third trimester of my pregnancy with my second kid. And then that kid was born with a massive amount of ear infections. And as happens to a lot of us, you know, when life starts getting in the way and you're really just trying to survive, you l- you let go, you gradually let go of all the things that bring you joy and like the things that kind of bring nuance and meaning. Yeah. And so when I was coming out of that, I was like, I knew there was something missing and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I was complaining to a friend, like, why am I not happy? I like coaching. There's something missing. And she laughed she's like Becca you're a coach what would you tell yourself (laughs) and so I sat down I got off the phone I was like thanks like really didn't want to hear that but I needed to hear it sat down and wrote out every single writing prompt I could think of that I'd ever given other people to think about okay and then as I went back and did them I just realized how important it is to get out of your own head to have the questions asked in a way that can bring the aha moments in. So you're not just stuck in your rote. Sometimes I call them negative mantras. Like I get my own negative mantras. We all have, when we're in that feeling of like muckiness, we all have these mantras that we say to ourselves, like, oh, I don't know what I want to do or why won't they give me a promotion? Why are not people valuing me? Whatever it is, you've got something in there. Yes. And so being able to ask yourself these questions outside of how you've been thinking about it already is, Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things and that's coaching that, and that's not just coaching with me. That's coaching with any coach. Um, Quite frankly, it's like coaching with like, even like a totally different type of coaching. Like if you went to someone who's like, Fitness coach, you'd probably end up having these same aha moments. Yes. Like it's just pulling yourself out of the comfort zone and allowing yourself to go deep. And that's scary. And so a lot of times people will avoid it because the, the answers might end up feeling like, oh, I do need to get a new job. I don't want to do the resume. Right. But ultimately, you have control of your life. Mm-hmm. And the more that you can really embrace that, and recognize that you want change, you want to be, you want to be happy and it's okay. That's your birthright really. Yes. And only you are going to give it to yourself.
0: Yes. You are the savior you've been waiting for. You really are. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So, you know, another thing that I, I've found helpful when working with clients, and I wonder if you agree is, um, so back when I was in HR, and we, my organizations, we were launching the rollout of a new service or making a change to the business in some way. Uh, we always had a critical path, and the critical path took a um, took a goal, a major goal, and then we would brainstorm all of the substeps within the goal. And I call them like lily pads that you would use to hop across the pond, right? And so we'd say, all right, if if the if I want to accomplish X. Here's all the things that need to happen between now and then. And uh, once I have those in, I assign a deadline to each of those. And then I put them on an Excel spreadsheet or a piece of paper. And all of a sudden, I have these lily pads of deadlines of small tasks. And this can stretch out for years. It's fine for we for, for somebody to do this on the scale of two or three years. Uh, because if you don't start now, it's not going to, three years, you'll just be stuck in the exact same place that you were before anyway. So make that little incremental progress based on, uh, you know, a step here, a step there. And all of a sudden your life looks different. And that's worked for me. Uh, I don't know if that's the system that you would recommend for your clients as well, or if you have a different take.
1: Well, I think that any way you can break it down into small steps is absolutely necessary to do anything that's that's scary. Um, I think that it, it, when you're looking at the big picture it's overwhelming and so I think that you're dead on. I mean however you do it it may be an excel, excel spreadsheet it may my husband has about a million index cards if you go into his wow. office he's got index cards stewed all, strewn all strewn all over the place.
0: Yeah.
1: But whatever system You need to use, and I'm gonna just say, like I think that part of this is finding the system that works for you. Yeah. And if a system isn't working, get a new one. Throw it
0: away exactly.
1: (laughs) But I think that if you if you are scared, absolutely the only thing that's going to work is breaking it down to as small chunks as you can feel are manageable. Okay. Excellent.
0: So I don't know if you can hear it, Becca, but I, the place I'm staying, there's this enormous church and there's uh, there's like six bells in this bell tower. Can you hear it? I was
1: wondering what it was. It almost sounds like a rock concert, like playing like way far off in the distance.
0: It's amazing. It's So the sound of bells like this is like my favorite thing in the world. To me, it's the sound of God, right? I, I would, When I walk down the street and I hear big church bells, like for some reason, it just resonates with me. And so this, it's it's like five at 5.45 every day, I get 10 minutes of this beautiful bell. So listeners, I'm sorry if it messes with the sound quality. I can't help it, but uh, I don't know what you can hear right now, but I love it. So I'm just going to revel. It's
1: really that. not that loud. It's just kind of pleasant. So hopefully <laughs> everyone else is enjoying it as much as I am.
0: So Becca, if the listeners want to get in touch with you, learn more about how you work with people and want to learn more about the Clarity Journal, um, how can they find out about you?
1: So the Clarity Journal is easy to get on Amazon. Um, and then you can find me at beccaribbing.com. So that's B-E-C-C-A-R-I-B-B-I-N-G. And I'm sure it'll be in the show
0: notes. All right. Perfect. Excellent. Well, everyone, Thank you so much for tuning in. Becca, thank you as well for bringing your wisdom to the show. I I enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I just, I'm just, I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Everyone, as you go out through your day and meet all these other people who are struggling just like you and me and Becca here, you know, we're all just trying to do our best. So uh, as often as you can remember, aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast's availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, D.C., but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.